When Regina came to me, she was dealing with bloating and constipation whose improvement had plateaued with her current functional doctor. In today's podcast episode, listen in to my unstuck session with Regina, where we discover what her functional doctor was missing and hear us identify one major key to her health that could be behind all of her constipation, bloating, sugar cravings, PMS, and histamine problems. It's something you may have never heard of before, copper toxicity. If you have symptoms just like Regina's or are currently working with a functional doctor and not making progress in your health, then today's episode is for you. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunk the myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Hey, Regina, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. Hi. It's, How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. It's so nice to meet you. I'm so excited for your call today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for meeting with me. Yeah, I'm super jazzed. You sent us over a lovely amount of labs. It's I I, I'm guessing you're working with somebody else who like maybe another functional practitioner before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I've been working with one for the last two. Well, I guess actually three and a half years now. Um, but I guess over the last year I've had like, and she's really helped me in terms of just like my histamine issues and okay. other things. Um, and like got me, I feel like back to like a normal level for the most part. But over the last year, I feel like my symptoms have gotten a little worse. And I like over the whole process, I don't feel like my digestive stuff has really, um, like fully kind of been addressed. So that's why I reached out to you and, um, yeah, just hoping to like, I guess, kind of correct that a little bit more. Yeah. So fun. Awesome. Well, I, like I said, I've, I got your labs. I looked through a bunch of them. I have lots of fun notes and how I, how I think it'd be really good to do this call is me ask you questions and you just tell me some of the answers to things. And we're going to mm -hmm. kind of whittle down some of my, all the thoughts that I had to what I'm actually going to recommend you move forward with, but I definitely have some thoughts based off of what you sent and you're here to help Perfect. clarify things. Sound good? Yes. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, 
just uh, to reiterate, and so you know what I know, some of the top symptoms you are coming in with is bloating, constipation, acne, sugar cravings, and a fatigue, brain fog, painful periods slash PMS. Um, those are kind of big things that I saw repeatedly throughout your forms. That sound accurate? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cool. There's a histamine component, which histamine can cause a lot of those problems or be, or, or be ramped up by a lot of those symptoms, um, mm. regarding the histamine. That was, you know, something you had in your forms. Can you tell me some of what you have done to help your histamine problems that your practitioner had noted? Yeah. So we did, um, a lot of like healing the gut stuff over the last few years. So like addressing my leaky gut and getting rid of like parasites, um, and then I pretty much have removed all high histamine food from my diet for the last three years. Um, okay. And um, I'm still pretty much, you know, on that diet. Um, I will say like, if I do have, you know, tomato or um, alcohol, I might have that like a couple times a month. I don't have any big flare-ups anymore. Okay. Um, I haven't really tried reintroducing, like, I guess if I were to do like a week full of just like normal food. Right. I, you know, I would definitely get some like acne and be a little itchy and some of my symptoms, but it's definitely not what it was a few years ago. That's great. That's a great sign that, that you're, you know, when it comes to histamine, there's, there's two components, which is how much you're being exposed to, which might be diet, which we're all exposed to lots usually in diet, but then there'd be like other pathogens, which would ramp could potentially ramp it up. And then how well you break it down. Um, one of the things I didn't see, and maybe it did happen. Did your practitioner ever try giving you anything called DAO or diamine oxidase? Yes, I think so. I've been on like so many pills. I'm sure. <laughs> I, yeah. So. Sometimes practitioners even get it, give it in forms like desiccated kidney. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes like if you've been given like a, a desiccated meat supplement, some holistic practitioners prefer to use that, though I typically don't. Uh, um, that sounds familiar. I mean, I take, um, a histamine it's called like histamine relief or something. And I think there's DAO in that. Right. Sometimes um, it's like a compilation where there might be quercetine yeah. and DAO. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually people, quercetine is much more common for some reason. DAO, I don't get as many people knowing if they've taken it or not, but you're on that currently then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cause I just wanted to make sure there weren't any big, sometimes people take DAO and they find it doesn't help. So they like, don't even keep taking it, but that's a piece, helpful little piece, um, to look at. Okay. So that was the DAO. I have so many questions. Let me just Mm -hmm. pull up your labs even so I can just glance at them again. Yeah. And your labs here are from, um, at least your GI map is from January of this year. Was that your first GI map or have you had any others? That I think was my third, third or fourth. Okay. Um, I see you have H pylori on here. Have you done any H pylori protocols? Yes. Um, I've, I did like a three month, um, it didn't really address it though. Like in terms of the constipation, um, I can't remember off the top of my head what I took for that. Um, but I did do like an H pylori, like cleanse, I guess, of sorts for, I think it was like around three months. Okay. 
has your practitioner said anything about the fact that it's back on your GI map and what they think about oh, so that? this was post this is after those results oh okay yeah. okay so mm-hmm. since this h pylori protocol you've done an h pylori or since this GI map you've done an h pylori mm-hmm. protocol okay yeah. mm-hmm. um was that the first time h pylori showed up on your GI map because you said you've had a couple um, others yeah I think that was the first time h pylori specifically mm-hmm Okay. Had you had a parasite pop up on it before since you mentioned parasite? Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess two and a half years ago, I had like three parasites. Yeah. Wow. Um, And I think that's honestly, I think I have a parasite right now because every summer, um, my vacation is, I do like a family vacation at a, a lake. And so, um, that's when my symptoms kind of got worse last year was like right after that vacation. And I thought it was just because I hadn't been eating as well or something, but, um, you know, after a year I was kind of like, okay, that's not, not, I don't think that's the case. Okay. Um, right, right. You're like something stuck with me maybe from, Mm -hmm. from that vacation has your, what has your practitioner said about that? I know your GMF didn't show a parasite. But have you talked with them about it or did they give you any thoughts on that theory? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the last like 45 days, I've been taking two different, um, they're like supplements or herbs. Let me, I took a photo of them tonight, like a GI detox and then a bio, biocidine. Biocidin. Yep. Yeah. Um, Just just those two? Just those two. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, did you ever take anything... I have no idea what they would have given you. Parasitex or Para One or Para Two, Para Three, anything like the these names Mm-mm. ever? No. Okay. Um, I don't think so. I mean, typically, if somebody really truly had a parasite, I wouldn't just give them biocidin. Um, it's just like a side thought. Um, it is possible you have a parasite and like it's hiding in biofilm. And bio biocidin is great at breaking up biofilm. Are you familiar with that concept? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a protective wall that pathogens can create, which just makes it harder for us to scrub it out of the body with, with herbs, with just like any herb. Um, and I did, I did wonder if maybe that was a component of what you had going on just because you have enough things going on that suggest some chronicity to what you're dealing with, including both the blood work you sent, but also like your secretory IgA response on the GI map. Um, I'm, do you want me to show it to you? Would that be helpful? I can just tell you it's low for the one that you sent me. Okay. Do you know what it might've looked like for other, other GMFs that you had? Like, was it high or has it always been low? I'll share this. You can see it right here. What I'm pointing at this one right here. I'm trying to. Thank you. Yeah. No, I see. Um, I don't remember if okay. that's been, I don't remember what that's looked like previously. Um, would you have access to pull up your GI maps real quickly and share them with me? Because uh, if you just like know you stored them in a super specific place, we can go and grab it and be super interesting because watching G- secretory IgA go high and low can tell us, give us another insight into what your immune system thinks it's been going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's more to talk about with you other than just pathogens. But before we get to that next part, I wanted to do a little bit of discussion specifically on pathogens. Um, So let me look and see. Um, I might, it's like funky looking at my phone. (laughs) On your phone. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Like it doesn't always pop up. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, when I'm looking at this GI map, you know, your overall, a lot of your overall bacteria, healthy bacterial colonies are low, which sometimes can just be that there's a bigger pathogen in your gut and it's, and it's terrorizing the other colonies that basically can't thrive. Um, and then your secretory IgA is low, which is your immune system of your gut. And it, that usually when that's low, I see that correlate with chronic, some, some level of chronic pathogens or very, um, aggressive pathogens like mold, for example, which would have a strong ability to suppress the immune system. So that's sometimes when you see secretory IgA low. So you've either been, Mm -hmm. it's either saying, ah, she's been sick for a long time. It's not a specific number when it says long, long is six months for some people, two years for others, or, or there's like a mold component. Um, that's why I'm curious though. Like, was it really high and then really low or has it been low the whole time? Um, I don't think I did... I'm going to be able to see it on my phone for some reason, but I did okay. have a mold issue um, two years ago when we moved into we moved into a new house. Um, we found mold, and then it was about a year of just like remediation and getting rid of all of that. So I definitely did a lot of like mold protocols. Okay, okay you already did mold protocols. No te- organic acids test or like mycotoxin tests. I did do a mycotoxin test. Did do a mycotox. Did mold show up big time on there or? Um. Yeah. And well, we didn't even do a mycotoxin test initially because my it was just so bad. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can't even like hold my head up in the oh, house. Oh no! And yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty bad. Oh, and then yes. I did a mycotoxin test after that, and everything. Um, was pretty much cleared. So, and you feel you felt like your symptoms from that went away. Yes, I mean okay. my symptoms were so severe. Like I would sit down and I literally was like my body. I couldn't even like keep it up. So, yes. um, I felt yeah, and I didn't have like the yeah extreme fatigue and like brain fog that I had initially. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put down that conversation piece of conversational conversational piece on pathogens. It sounds like the practitioner you're working with has definitely at least done a good amount of due diligence, you know, without me seeing the exact protocols you've gone mm-hmm. through in lab testing, that's like no glaring holes in that. So what I want to move on to okay. is your HTMA test. Um, and okay. I will make a side note before we fully jump in the HTMA, um, your progesterone is low on your Dutch test that you sent me. And I don't know if, what your practitioner would have said, or if you've heard me say it on the podcast, but anytime you see progesterone low for, se- especially for someone who's like definitely far away from, um, being perimetopause that you, we want to consider what's, what is causing chronic inflammation. Um, so low progesterone is just the body protecting you and saying, Hey, we don't, now's not a good time to get pregnant. Um, we don't want to have high progesterone. You might not even be ovulating. And that can correlate with some of that painful periods, PMS. Um, the other thing that I, let me make sure that was your lab. Yeah. You have, looks like you're taking melatonin. Is that for sleep? So yeah, it, I think it only has a, like a small amount of melatonin. Um, it's just like, uh, I forget what else is in it. It's like a sleep aid, but it's not a lot of melatonin and I don't take it. Is it 5-HTP? I don't know. Um, because I, I was very curious when I, at least when I saw your Dutch and I saw your melatonin is very high, which it was clear that you're supplementing it okay. uh, in some ways. When I looked at your Dutch test, it made me wonder why you were taking it and maybe how much and if there's anything else in it, um, because it could impact some other 
other ranges of, of things okay. I saw here, but let me look. And so, um, on the progesterone piece though, yes. um, that was the first time it was low previously. Oh. It was really high. Really? Um, so she was wondering if maybe I just took it like the wrong day or something. Okay. okay. Um, so, I mean, just something to, I will uh, keep that in mind. Thank sure. you. Yeah. Um, and then on the sleeping, um, let's see, sleep, sleep, sleep. Uh, I didn't see her listed anymore. I get it from her website and mm -hmm. it's like, you don't have a bottle of it anymore. I'm not at my house right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, I had to like come into my office uh, last minute. So okay. Um, but I will look at that when I get back. Sure. Well, we will. It's good to know you. I mean, I guess you're on something. If you remember anything like the brand or a keyword, I could probably pull it up on Google. So just interrupt me if anything comes to mind. Sound good? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know the brand. I, it's just like her brand of. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a white label. It's where the doctor creates their own supplement. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So your HDMA. Let me just share screen with you so you can see it. I'll talk about the probably the most obvious thing on here. And then we'll dig into the less obvious and see if that's been addressed by your practitioner. Uh, aluminum, has she done anything with you regarding that? Made any recommendations? No, I actually didn't show this to her. I just got it done on my own oh. and sent it to you. So yeah, we haven't Sweet. talked about it. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Aluminum, um, I wouldn't, I've never seen anybody have aluminum cause all of their problems, um, but it's it's not your friend. It can cause constipation. Uh, but actually is like a pretty common thing that I see it impacting. Um, if you use the most common sources of, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you this like a, like a piece of information that has the most common sources of aluminum, but I'm going to recommend you reduce aluminum exposure. And that's going to be deodorants with aluminum. I do have one, a, a deodorant I recommend typically is called loom. And I'll give you a link to that in your protocols. Um, but that's, that's aluminum free. Um, and I, a lot of my clients find it works pretty well for being an aluminum free deodorant. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, aluminum. I'm oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. I've haven't used, I've used natural, um, deodorants. Deodorant yes. Yeah. Aluminum free. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, okay. it could be an option. Could, be, I could, okay. Could be aluminum foil usage uh -huh. of any sort, cooking on aluminum foil, storing stuff in aluminum foil, um, aluminum's in so many things and it's considered quote unquote safe and it's like light and flexible and it's just useful, but it's, it does get like, if you drink out of LaCroix or any aluminum cans that can get into your body. But, um, those are just like three big ones, but I have, um, a link that will bring you to a whole list of stuff that I'll be uploading to your portal. So you can check it out, reduce uh -huh. aluminum exposure. And then I have a, a binder called HMET binder, which I'll be uploading to your portal, um, and that will help bind aluminum, any extra that could be floating around. Cause also our body really likes it when things like parasites will willingly clean up all that heavy metal flowing around. And that can actually be one reason that our, like one person's body or like your body might be 
maybe more susceptible to keep hanging on to parasites if that's even the case oh. going on is because there's heavy metals and then it and then your body's like actually we prefer the parasite having the heavy metal and then we'll just keep the parasite mm, okay yeah right. we, there's dip. There's been some research on like in fish studies primarily since there's a lot, this is a lot bigger concern in fish that the parasites in fish have like 10 plus times higher levels of heavy metals than the fish mm -hmm. actually does. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the more obvious one just because you can kind of see it high. Um, some other thing to see here is your calcium is borderline high. So I'm going to, would recommend something called MK7 to pull calcium back into your bones. But again, um, oh, but but the calcium, other than the MK7, another thing that can cause calcium to start going higher is low stomach acid. And H. pylori can cause low stomach acid. You did the baking soda test. You definitely failed it in the best way possible, <laughs> but you failed it. <laughs> yeah, it was like, took you 12 minutes, it looks like, every single day. No, I never. I you just never, never did. You just put a number down. Yeah, I just put, well, yeah. Failure. Um, and if you have low stomach acid, which I'm going to assume you do at this point, then you can't break calcium out of the food matrix very well. And then it makes it hard to actually absorb calcium. It can, you'll like absorb it, but it's not bioavailable. So then it ends up in weird spots and it can cause even like aching, achy joints and muscles, stiffness. Um, looks like it's not your, those aren't your top, top symptoms, but if that is going on at all, brain fog, um, sometimes constipation, just because calcium can throw stuff off. The other thing is that if you don't have good calcium levels in the body, it can throw off your ability of your cells to interact with thyroid, um, T3 okay. specifically. So even if you have good thyroid levels, if you don't have good calcium available, bioavailable calcium, you can't actually, you can actually get symptoms of hypothyroidism. And I know that's on your radar just from the labs you sent me. Um, mm -hmm. and I think you specifically said you have hypothyroidism, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, not cool, but I mean, at least it's we're like, all aware yeah. it's data. We're <laughs> yeah. all aware. Um, phenomenal. Okay. So, so it's not just the MK seven, which is good. We want to pull that calcium back into your bones and teeth, but it's the high stomach acid. So I'm going to give you a protocol to, do to rebuild your stomach acid. And coincidentally, this is where we get into the, I'm, I'm doing the big reveal here. Maybe it's not going to be a big reveal, but it sounds like it will be since you haven't even seen this with your doctor, other doctor, which is you have a bunch of signs of hidden copper toxicity. And let me just wow. show, I know. So first off you on this lab, you are marked as something called a slow oxidizer, which means that you are currently metabolizing minerals very slowly. Usually means someone's, um, some, we, we all tend to be like, you might tend to already be a slow oxidizer just in your biology. But then if you are burdened with a lot of chronic inflammation, from any types of sources, but if it's chronic, then we, anyone we all tend to become slow oxidizers and it means you don't detox as quickly. So slow oxidizers typically never, if they have copper toxicity, they almost never show it. It looks actually low. And that's because of a, actually the same thing as what I described with calcium just now, that it's bio unavailable copper, but it is toxic causing toxicity to your body. One of the reasons mm -hmm. that you can then say, well, like if it's low, Allison, why do you think it might be high in my body? So this is a hair sample, right? It's like what's coming out of your body. So clearly the copper is like not coming out, but what is coming out is zinc and zinc and copper are like magnets that have the same magnetic like pole. And so they push each other away. 
And they mm. technically balance each other in this way in the body. But see how your zinc's like twice as high as your copper in the test? Um, it's actually like yeah. three times as high. Huh. Just to just to do that. What I want to, that is like a very, very basic and quick sign. It's not the full story, but a very quick sign to immediately start thinking is there hidden copper toxicity going on. And then strike number two against you is that copper and histamine are friends. So when I look at your health history and you're like, I got a histamine problem going on, there's some, you know, and then we talk about all the pathogens and you're like, you've kind of got a handle on a bunch of those, though there might be some room for improvement, but, but it's like no gaping holes there, but I'm like still trying to build up to like, is it copper? Is it copper? Is it copper? you know, that's actually the big thing, even probably more than the aluminum, not that the aluminum is doing you any favors. So, um, I'm actually going to share screen here with a different screen and show you a chart that I have on, uh, that's actually not what I want to do. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to show you a chart on copper toxicity when you're evaluating the HTMA Hey friend, Allison popping in real quick to tell you about some amazing news I have for you. Until August 24th, you can enter to win a full scholarship to my online course, The Better Belly Blueprint. The Better Belly Blueprint is my online course that teaches you how to end bloating and constipation just like my clients have. In the Better Belly Blueprint, you get to learn how to order functional lab kits that get sent straight to your home, interpret those labs, and create your own powerful, customized health plan that is unique to you so that you can end your bloating and constipation for good. If you are ready to ditch the endless food restrictions, doctor visits, and frustration of not knowing what to do to end your bloating and constipation, then the Better Belly Blueprint is for you. And to celebrate hitting 100K in downloads for the Better Belly podcast, I'm giving you the chance to win a full scholarship to the Better Belly Blueprint. There are four steps to enter. Number one, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify between now and August 24th. Number two, take a screenshot of that rating and review. Number three, go to betterbellytherapies.com slash giveaway and fill out our 100K giveaway form. And number four, the winner will be announced on August 31st. And if you don't win the contest, I still have a special gift for you. You'll receive this gift in your inbox as soon as the giveaway is over. So there is literally no way to lose. And if you missed any of that, just head over to our show notes and I have every step that you will need to enter and win a full scholarship to the Better Belly Blueprint. So just head on over to our show notes for this episode and get winning. Now back to our podcast episode. Um, what you're looking for is this is the assessment. And so mm -hmm. I have marked out for you all the things you're positive on that are signs of hidden copper toxicity. So calcium should be above 50. You're at 62. Sodium would be below 12. You're at six. So half as much potassium would be at four. You're at, or less than four. You're at three copper would be above or below these two ranges, but below 1.5 and you're at 0.8. So again, half mm -hmm. that zinc would be above 20. You're at 21. Mm -hmm. Um, so these ratios, there's a bunch of things saying you probably have copper toxicity, at least oh, yeah. from just your HTMA. So what mm -hmm. we're going to do in addition to this, here's where I'm going to let you talk. I know it's, it's, it's a lot of information. So I want to try and give you some context, yeah, um, to, to eat, hone in a, even a little bit more on the copper toxicity would be to ask just do you of some signs or symptoms, um, or excuse me, health history that might point to even more 
possible reasons why you might have copper toxicity. And some of these would be, for example, have you had a copper or hormonal IUD ever or been on birth control? Mm -mm. Okay. Because those always, um, those set women up to have increased copper toxicity. The other thing Uh is that the low stomach acid um, will set you up for low zinc in the body. And then that sets copper Mm. up to then become dominant. So it could be just like slowly over the years, you become more and more copper dominant. Like if you've been slowly losing zinc due to having low stomach acid and we don't know, you know, maybe you got the H. pylori from um, your husband or, or, or partner um, could be that you've had it for a long, long, long time, but maybe with some of the other health issues, it's just become stronger. We're mm-hmm. going to assume you dealt with it um, just for the sake of this conversation. Um, we're going to assume the H. pylori isn't there and you can start a... Um, what's it called? A, my, my rebuilding your stomach acid protocol. Um, but that will building up the zinc will help start to cause the copper to reveal itself. If there's, if it's some, there's some hidden copper toxicity going on. Um, another thing to consider would be, um, any, have you ever lived in a home that's between 50 to a hundred years old? Yeah, actually, um, I moved here from San Francisco two years ago and the house that I lived in was, like definitely over a hundred years old. Okay. So the older the house and, and then often like 50 to a hundred years, they used a lot of copper piping, uh, older than that still can be copper piping. Um, when it's old, old, it just gives it even more opportunity for that piping to like be leaching. Um, that's the house you currently live in then. Uh, no, I moved. Well, the house that I live in now is like 60 years old. So, okay. And that, but yeah, between 50 to a hundred, basically it's possible your previous house or maybe your current one is leaching copper from the piping. That's really Mm -hmm. honestly one of the most common things I see. And so I am going to recommend a company for you to just get your tap water tested with. And I have a water pitcher and an under the sink water filter and a whole house water filter. You can look at you actually really need the under the sink. Sorry, scratch the whole house. You need the under the sink water filter if you don't do a water pitcher because we're the main problem would be internal house piping and a whole house water filter only filters water coming from the city to you or from the well to you. Um, but then the problem would be the water coming from that filter if you had a whole house filter to the tap water. Oh, that see. would have all the copper. So okay. you definitely want it to be like what we call point of source um, filter. So it could be just a picture, which I have recommendations. Um, one's called clearly filtered, uh, water pitcher. And they even have like a, like, if you really are big into drinking water on the go, they have like a, a mug, not a mug. What is it called? A little container that like filters the water. Um, and then bottle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. My, my tap score is the provider of the water filtration system. Okay. And they, that would be one way you could see like if you have copper in your water and maybe you don't have any in this current home and then it's fine. And then you just move on and you don't need to filter your water. Maybe it was just in the last home or it could be the last home and this home, or it could be just this home. But being that I, it was intriguing to me that you said in the last three years, things got worse. So then I was thinking, you know, did she move to a new home in the last three years and there was copper piping? Did she, Mm -hmm. you know, get exposed Mm -hmm. to something in the last three years, like new home and it was mold, which that clearly happened. Um, Your vacation clearly sounds like you've been thinking about like what happened in the last three years, (laughs) you know, 
Um, yeah. I did develop my histamine intolerance. Um, I guess a year after I moved into the like San Francisco house, which was pretty old, okay. which is the oldest house I lived in. Okay. But I'll definitely, yeah, check the water out. I have a Berkey, but I don't know if it specifically filters out copper. Oh, Berkey's are so good, but I have never directly looked at that. Do you want to look at it real quick right now? I can just, let's see, Berkey. They usually, I'm imagining that they um, have a list. A lot of like the water filters that are super proud of what they filter try to provide for you a list of what they filter. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of the janky ones are like, we filter chlorine. And that's like, it. Yeah. and they don't really tell you anything else or they don't tell you anything at all. That's a huge sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad water yeah. filter if it doesn't like, but we'll see. What does it address? <laughs> it, see, it's like one of the things on their homepage. Yeah. Chemicals. Uh, inorganic test results, maybe. Sounds like that's what it would be. Uh, cool. This is what it should look like if you want a good filter. Good Berkeys. Yay. How long have you been using a Berkey? Um, like maybe eight months. So for the first year that I lived at this house, um, I didn't have a Berkey. Okay. So this is probably great. You know, you can still filter your tap water. You, if you're like super, um, like I'm kind of like this, uh, as I am able to, funds wise, I like, I really want to know like, what am I dealing with? And so I'm not just like unnecessarily Mm -hmm. filtering something. So like, if you want a really good, you know, lab test for your tap water and you're just super curious, do I even need to be filtering it? Do that test. Um, but definitely good that you're using the Berkey now, but that doesn't change the fact that you have copper in your body and your body's not easily getting rid of it. So you will want to actively, even if you're not actively getting exposed to large amounts of it anymore, Mm-hmm. It's still in the body. So yeah. you'll have to do something to encourage it out of the body, which we have a copper protocol for you. Um, okay. Awesome. Uh, little, 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 which I'm actually going to talk you through a little bit before we hop off. But I, um, that was the big thing. That was the big thing that I was like, whoa, if no one's dealt with her copper toxicity yet, this could be a really good find. Okay. Yeah. No, I've never heard that. And, um, I, yeah, now that you're saying that, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, that makes sense why I like randomly developed this histamine intolerance like a year after moving and, um, and then it's kind of, and that it's like kind of ongoing where we're typically in a really good ideal situation, unless there's like a methylation problem, which you, even that can be supported. Um, you shouldn't need to be on a low histamine diet like it's really should be a temporary thing until you find the source of the histamine and you address your body's ability to break down histamine and like kind of leaky gut and all that jazz. Like the low histamine diet is not a forever diet. It's like Mm -hmm. something's being missed if, if it's getting on that level of like, I've been doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. So of course I'm glad it like it right now, it makes you feel better. So that's good. Um, and it minimizes your symptoms, but it's symptom management, not symptom solving. So, right. Right. I will say though that like the on the constipation front, like I feel like I've probably been like that my entire life. Like that didn't happen sure. um, right after yeah. I moved. Um, so I'm sure this is contributing to that too. But like yeah, that would, 
you know, and, and that would like if I were working with you, what I would do is say, OK, I'm going to we're going to address what we know how to find. Like we've seen the copper and deal with that. And if the histamine problem goes away, but the constipation's still there, then start to talk about like other potential things going on and, and start to strategize about other lab testing. But because when you have like lots of fruit in your basket, essentially, mm-hmm. like you want to just pick one to deal with and then see, wow, if I deal with all this, cause you know, you have hypothyroidism. So like that can cause constipation. Did you have that as a kid, but like maybe you were eating gluten as a kid. And so that could like irritate hypothyroidism. And there's like things you're not doing now, but maybe you have now have the copper toxicity, right, right. you know? And so it's like, <laughs> you know, maybe that's a little, maybe, maybe you fixed everything else that would have caused your childhood constipation, but like you have a new mm-hmm. thing, but if you dealt with the new thing, it all go away. So that's yeah. kind of where it's like, hey, look, you all, you may only have one thing left. We don't know. Um, just so you know, like, I always feel that way, but I still feel like, you know, there's, I'm always looking for like the little th- other stuff. Like it's, it's okay to. Yeah. We're all like, I don't know what else I can do, but yeah, this is super helpful. I yes. do feel like, I'm like I've just tried everything, but you, I have... you, you, you've definitely, well, you can, I mean, I would give you the badge of you've tried stuff, you know, like, and most people who end up being engaging with better belly podcast or better belly therapies like you're not like this is my first thing I'm trying right no no so I do want to mention one other thing to you um talk about one other thing which is on your dutch test your Uh hva here was very high did your doctor talk with you about this no it yeah Mm -mm, no okay cool uh well not cool but yeah so i've actually never seen it this high so typically so Um, hva and vma most of the time in my clinical experience what i see if i see this hva see how it's 13.9 and then your vma is 4.7 if it's a two to one ratio that's a very common sign or symptom of c diff you might have like chronic low-grade c diff um, and that's a pathogen that likes to hang out in the stomach, uh, or not the stomach, the small intestines. We can talk about, I don't know if you have C. diff yes, I don't, I actually something, but the way this looks, because if you're not at a two to one ratio, you're closer to a three to one ratio. It makes me wonder if it, this is like the result of medication perhaps, because there's different um. medications or supplements that could also skyrocket this. Um, but I've just never seen it this high. So I want to know, do you, do you know if you would have been on quercetin at the time when you did this? Yeah, um, I take a lot of that. <laughs> you're like, I take yeah. so much. Okay. Um, that could have been it. Cause I looked at this. I'm like, she's got histamine. Maybe there's some quercetin. Uh, you're not on any, mm-hmm. like, um, are you on any antidepressants? Um, that was another thing that can sometimes be common. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't drink caffeine. Yeah, those would be, yeah, everything else kind of is our less common scenarios. So when I do take, I take probably, yeah, six pills that contain oh. quercetine a day. So, right. Yeah. I mean, so this could be just the quercetine. Maybe that's okay. why your doctor didn't mention anything. They're like, ah, you're on quercetine. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, it is a lot of HVA. I hope your body's balancing it all right. Um, this is basically just a, it's a uh, converted metabolized version of dopamine. And oh, you want your dopamine and your norepinephrine to have a good ratio with each other. Uh, especially these, this is like norepinephrine metabolites and uh, dopamine and then norepinephrine is the one I'm pointing at here, the VMA, 
Um, and if you have, if you actually genuinely have too much dopamine and it's not balancing out with your epinephrine, then you could have all these symptoms here, which I just grabbed for you. Insomnia, which I thought maybe you're having problems with because of the melatonin, agitation, hyperactivity, mania, hyperfocus, like you really like to work or you, you get like really deep involved in something, high stress mm -hmm. and anxiety, as well as possible like tendencies towards anything like addiction, like behavior, cravings, pleasure seeking, like um, yeah. you really like, like, um, adrenaline rushes or pleasure, pleasure seeking could be very, very different for lots of people. Chocolate, yeah. sex could be all sorts of stuff. Um, because you're mm. looking to maintain high levels. So I don't know, um, like, does, does this list here, like, like resonate at all of you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, the, I don't, I don't feel like I have insomnia. I started taking the sleeping thing, years ago because my, um, cortisol was really off and it was like impacting my blood sugar at night. I was waking up. Yes. Whatever. Otherwise yes. I don't feel like I have that. I don't feel like I'm super hyperactive or agitated or have like, I mean, hyper-focus, like, I guess when I'm like doing one of my hobbies, I can do that like for the day. Like good, good focus. Good focus. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm definitely not someone who's like, oh my gosh, like I haven't like showered today or something. Like I feel like I, you know, and yeah. I, the, I mean, chocolate. Yeah. Like I, it was giving me really bad cystic acne, but so I okay. stopped eating it maybe like, um, I don't know, like nine months ago, but probably before that, I probably was like, oh, I need to eat it every day, you yeah. know, like yeah. of cravings and stuff. So okay. I can though definitely take less of the um quercetin than I than I currently am. I don't actually need to take six. Well, if your if your HVA was high just from quercetin, it's actually not a problem unless it was um, driving a dysfunction elsewhere in the body. And mm -hmm. this, unfortunately, the markers I'm showing you doesn't tell me that part. Um, okay. But if there's any reason C. diff was driving these markers being thrown off, then C. diff can cause its own symptoms and it would show up on like an organic acids test, which mm -hmm. is also a good test for mold. Um, it's different than a mycotox. Uh, it has different pros and cons, but um, that's just like throwing that out there, maybe talking to your doctor like C. diff, oat. Um, C. diff can drive anxiety, uh, difficulty losing weight, hormone imbalance, um, sometimes diarrhea, but sometimes constipation is diarrhea. Do you, you flip flop probably right with the histamine problem? A little bit. Mostly. I only get that when, um, I'm on my period, but you just listed. I feel like I have like, okay. Like, so maybe that's possible. Yeah. 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 Um, um mm -hmm. So, I mean, some stuff I had prepared, I'll, I'll share screen with yeah. you for this thing to wrap us up. Let me show you what I had prepared and we can talk yeah. about what you're going to get. So it's not confusing or overwhelming or okay. irrelevant because <laughs> <laughs> I know we just talked about it a lot. Okay. So this is just like a draft a bunch of protocols that I might recommend for you. So we have your rebuild your stomach acid and zinc levels. As long as you've gotten rid of H. pylori, this is safe um, because if H. pylori is still there and you build stomach acid, it could make the zinc or the H. pylori just grow a ton. And so um, okay. how do you know, I know like I usually look for symptom change or improvement. Mm -hmm. Like if there was acid reflux, is there no acid reflux? Um, 
sometimes the, the worst like thing you'll have to try is other than retesting. I usually don't retest with people because I feel my H. pylori protocol is one month and I have like a ridiculous like I, I don't think I've ever had anyone not it has it has always worked for people except for the one time it worked. But then the person we got it from their spouse who didn't do the test and kissed them. So, um, for example, did your do you have a you have a partner, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, you didn't. I, I thought I picked that up in our conversation. Okay. Oh, sorry. I live with my but, sister. So, okay. Yeah. If you have somebody you ever want to date or kiss and they have H. pylori, they can give it to you. So, if you are in a relationship or want to be in a relationship and you're like, yeah. really don't want to have that, be like, do you have acid reflux? Do you have indigestion? Do you have bloating? Take some H. pylori. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I use something called Matula tea. I'd honestly be happy to upload this and just so you can see the protocol okay. and um, compare it. I would say I would like, I like to assume the best of most protocols and assume that you don't have it. Um, I just can't speak for the protocol that your practitioner yeah. gave you. Um, but I am going to recommend uh, if you're not on any en- digestive enzymes, your elastase was low in your GI map. So some digestion support, which you honestly might already be on. So that would be redundant if you've already done it. Um, a leaky gut support. This is my protocol. sounds like you're not on caffeine. If you needed a boost of energy instead of having caffeine, this would be something you could do. Licorice root. Are you on on anything with called calcium deglucurate? No. Because you're on your GI map, you had a high level of beta-glucuronidase. Oh, no, that was you actually, your beta-glucuronidase is fine. Sorry. I think I was, must've been thinking about a different client. I apologize. No, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. So ignore that. Sweet. Move on. HMET binder. This is going to help you with that aluminum and also the copper. It's going to bind that heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Mega mucosa and L-glutamine can just help rebuild the gut lining and support your immune system while it's down. Here's that tap, my tap score, um, water fil- filter or water tap water test. Here's mm-hmm. the pitcher, water pitcher that can filter copper well. And this is an under the sink water filtration system. And this is okay. a, information on investigating sources of aluminum. Mm, okay. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And then, oh, yes, I want to save. Okay. Um, so that would be leaky gut. So that would be the second protocol you would do. Um, you can just layer them, just begin them one by one. Don't start them all at once. Um, mm-hmm. And anything you have already you are sort of doing like digestive enzymes, if you're doing that, you can just ignore what I said. I have them. I'm just really lazy for whatever reason. They're like the one pill that I don't necessarily remember always because I do like fasting and stuff too. So it's just sure. Like, sure. But... I will say if you have histamine problems, you want to digest everything as well as you can. And if you are like, maybe your diet, like your, your stomach acid's low and maybe that's like going to be the main thing is boosting your stomach acid again. But like mm-hmm. your digestive enzymes, your pancreatic enzymes were low on the GI map. So unless they're mm-hmm. better now, because I know it's, you know, the GI map, you've done some stuff, unless they're better, you're still not digesting optimally. And that sets you up for histamine problems. Mm, okay. If you're already having it. It's good to know. Yeah. So just to feel an extra oomph, do something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you know, if it's, if it's a war between the digestive enzymes and the, and the, and the stomach acid and zinc. Do the stomach acid and zinc. You need the zinc. You need the stomach right. acid. Um, MK7, which I talked to you about lowering your calcium, magnesium, because you're showing signs that you're like 
that you're magnesium deficient. See this right here. I take so much magnesium. I was like shocked that that was so you're, low. Yeah. You're probably just burning through it. Like, okay. or it, I mean, it could be the form it's in. I'm usually, I mean, most doc knows, sounds like you're with like kind of holistic doctor. If it's like malate mm-hmm. or oxide. It's a, well, it's, I was take or I'm now taking the magnesium, like citrate one citrate helps you poop but it doesn't absorb into the body very much yeah before that she just had me take that over the last like 30 months or 30 30 days but um previously i was taking the um glucate one glucate or yeah glycinate glycinate i was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) glycinate's not bad yeah. I mean, and yeah. it depends, like, I don't know how many milligrams I would, I would recommend you be, as long as it doesn't cause you to poop too much. Cause sometimes too much magnesium will do that of any sort. Um, mm-hmm. but a thousand milligrams, like 500 in the morning, 500 in the evening ish mm-hmm. would be where I'd like therapeutically recommend you to be at, which is what this dosage is over here, um, for the supplement. So, um, which is what I do take. So okay. I, but yeah, if it's no. citrate, you don't absorb it into your body. It helps you poop. Uh-huh. Okay. It's really like a great pooping mechanism. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, and, and even then it's not really helping. <laughs> yes, it can be. Well, here's the other thing. Magnesium works with potassium and sodium, which you're also deficient in. And so okay. if sometimes magnesium won't even budge the dial, if you're not addressing your sodium and potassium deficiencies, which it sounds like you might not be. So I gave you two options. You can do something called a potassium shot, which is like the kind of the cheapest way to do this. And then you adrenal cocktail it's in p- capsule form. So it's the tastier way to do it. If you don't want to have to taste like basically loose salt and like water and like the shot, um, mm-hmm. I don't mind it, but some of my clients are like, this is the worst thing I've ever had to do. Then get the adrenal cocktail and do that okay. instead, but do one of these, the okay. potassium shot or the adrenal cocktail. Um, and then I do potassium. We absorb really well through food. So I did give you some documents on if you are really into like recipes for like nutrition, some people ignore them. I'm actually one of those people. I'd rather take a supplement, but if you really like recipes, I give you some oh, um, thank you. for potassium broth I and like a potassium broth. smoothie. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, summary from this section, do take digestive enzymes, okay. do take potassium and you might notice yourself pooping a lot more and like mm-hmm. the best way possible when you start taking the potassium and sodium, like it can make a big difference. Um, so really phenomenal. Really love the, that potassium shot. Here's your H. pylori protocol, which you might not even need to do. I will upload it. You'll see it. It's a month long protocol. And it, would it hurt to do? Like say I over the last 30 months or 30 days got rid of it. Like, and I did this protocol. I wouldn't be concerned. No, okay. the big difference is this metulity. This is the powerhouse. It still has biocidin, which you're already on, Oliverex, uh, which helps round out the biocidin, gives it more power. And then the metulity comes in and pink. It actually was developed and like patented by a doctor of osteopathy who was traveled the world to try and find a herbal way to get rid of uh, H. pylori. And this is what he found. It comes from Madagascar and South Africa. Hmm, interesting. And like, okay, so you're saying H. pylori can't come through like water, right? That's just like- Not typically, um, yeah. Yeah, it might, if you went to like um, a developing country that has like different hygiene, like lower hygiene practices, you might get it from like their kitchen if they're like not cleaning stuff okay. or like things like that. But it's, um, cause it's, it's like 
much more prevalent in developing countries. But no, usually the most common thing I see is kissing. Okay. All right. Which I don't think anyone. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know. It, so you never know. But yeah, if you um yeah, if you went to third world country like Thailand or Mexico and it, that's not third world, developing. Um and then you, you know, went to a street market vendor, sometimes that it's like eighty five percent prevalent in developing countries. Oh, really? And it's thirty five percent in America. So interesting. Okay. So a lot of people are like, I'm going to Mexico. I'm like, don't get H by Lori. <laughs> I've never been to Mexico. I want to go, but yeah, I don't think I got it there. <laughs> okay, cool. And here's your copper toxicity. This is actually your biggest one because it a lot of people know so little about it. I really kind of hit, you know, what causes our copper toxicity, a lot of lot of options here. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy roles of it because it is good for us, but then symptoms of like copper toxicity. Um, you know, headaches, constipation, nausea, which can also be a histamine problem, all sorts of, you know, hormonal problems. Um, so it's just, uh, not fun. Um, let's see here. So I do kind of talk about, here's, here's what I will talk you through in terms of copper. Um, and then we will, we'll finish out. When you deal with copper, you don't want to deal with it head on. The first thing you want to do is address these big four minerals right here, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. And actually you want to balance calcium too. That's why this protocol is numbered in your protocols Mm -hmm. five, number five, because you want to start dealing, you want to start giving yourself MK7 to pull the calcium down. You want to start building up your stomach acid to appropriately start pulling nutrients out of food. You want to start giving yourself more magnesium and sodium and potassium and balance these first. And you'll actually see right here, it says balance the big four. That's what you want to do. Balance your big four, calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium. You could do that for three months and do nothing else. And you'll, your body will start pushing out copper. Mm, Okay. Um, so when would I know, or does it say in here, like when I feel like I've. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I'm going to talk you through this step. So you see what's in it. You okay. want to reduce and eliminate any current copper exposure, which is what I was talking about with like filtering, testing your tap water, filtering mm-hmm. it, just making sure that's good. You're not on birth control or an IUD. That's great. Mm-hmm. Use a supportive heavy metal binder, which is the HMET binder in your protocol. So we've talked through these. You want to support your adrenal function via sodium and potassium support, which we talked about, um, because your adrenal glands have to be strong to get rid of copper because your adrenal glands create something called ceruloplasmin, ceruloplasmin, and that helps you bind and detox copper. Um, I talk about doing a pathogen protocol, which we're assuming you're addressing your pathogens appropriately, support digestion and regular bowel movements, which gets to the digestive enzymes. And um, the potassium and sodium, which I think is going to help you poop better, uh, support liver and gallbladder, which I guess I didn't give you a liver protocol, but I could um, just to make you might, I'm assuming, hopefully, hopefully your practitioner is having you do something for your liver, like milk thistle, apolipoic acid, and acetylcysteine. Um, But because the liver creates bile and bile binds to copper and helps you detox it, same with aluminum, coincidentally. Um, and then once all you've done all this, usually for about three months, then you can start taking vitamin C, um, and basically all the supplements that are included in this protocol right here. 
Okay. So. Should I stop taking vitamin C right now or when I get to that? I'm guessing you're already taking it if mm-hmm. you're asking. Yeah. If you're already taking it, you're fine. But I do have some clients who are so sensitive. So copper can be detoxed by taking high quantities of vitamin C. And some of my clients are so backed up with copper that vitamin C makes them like explode. But um, if you're already taking it, you're fine. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, you want to do this and then retest the HTMA every three months to watch. So this test every three months. Okay. I will, you know, I don't know where you got the HTMA. There's different places people get it. But if you are in our, like working with us, you can get this HTMA test for $55. Um, so some people like I've gotten clients who are like, I bought it from this random person for $200. I was like, that's not necessary, but you know, they're like (laughs) upcharging you, but I don't know what you got it for. So I think I got it for like a hundred bucks. So Um, yeah, they were upcharging you a little. So it depends on if like that bothers you or not, but, um, it's possible you could feel worse when you do the mold, like the copper um, thing, but it sounds like your body's handling detoxing pretty well. Some other things you could do is like a sauna. If you have access to a sauna at your gym, or if you can like buy a portable sauna, like a sauna bag or something for your house, um, and mm-hmm. then a coffee enema and push catch also really, really helps just pull copper out of your body. Okay. So I hope that doesn't sound like too, too much. But yeah, this is, yeah. these, these calls are, these calls are intense and awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So that is it. That is what I'm going to recommend. You're going to see that uploaded to your portal shortly. Yeah. And you'll have all of those things that I recommended. Do you have any questions for me before we finish out? Well, thank you so much. This is so helpful and enlightening. Um, I guess it's like a follow-up. So I'll start the um, protocol, the first protocol. Yes. Um, and then should I, can we do like a follow-up or something like in three months or like, what would your recommendation be in terms of just like, um, making sure, or is it longer, I guess, if depending on how each protocol. Yeah. You, I mean, just like you did this, this unstuck session, if you want to, you know, purchase another one of those in three months, I'd say it'd be great if you like had your HTMA test again. Um, so that'd be like four ish months because what you'll do is you'll start your protocols. There'll be like maybe a week or two to like get your supplements and start stuff. And then you'll do it for three months. Then you'll take the lab and then you have to wait for the lab results to come back. So that's about four months for us, for our purposes. Um, and you could do that. Um, okay. My better belly blueprint will be opening up and there's like group coaching calls included in that. And then you'll have the opportunity if you join that to join the better belly membership, which I'm going to be sharing and announcing more of in the coming weeks, um, which is just like a really low monthly membership fee where you have access to group coaching calls and like ordering labs through us and getting like the lowest prices we have access to. Um, so just keep your ears out. That will be available through the Better Belly Blueprint if you've ever wanted to do that. And that mm-hmm. that Better Belly Blueprint's like opening in September, but otherwise you could always get an unstuck session. So kind of got okay. different options. Okay. That's great. That's perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I guess the one thing that was on my mind is I'm headed back to this same vacation that I went on last year Okay, next week. And yeah. so I'm like, well... Should I just expect to get a parasite like every summer? Like I don't know. Most, yeah, like, most parasites that I it would be like that I'd be concerned about would be 
pets. So like if you're showing up and somebody's showing up with their dog, don't let the dog lick you um, or your coffee cup or something. And then um, water. So it'd be like the lake that you guys would swim in. Like if you want to be super careful, you could just not get in the lake. And that would be the two things I would do if you're just like, I don't want a parasite. Um, avoid animals, horses, you know, licking you or, you know, dogs and stuff like that. Those. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I feel like I would be like disowned from my family if I didn't water ski every summer. So I uh-huh. like, feel like I have to go in the water, but should I just do another parasite protocol? Yeah, you can. After? And that, that is something like there's some practitioners out there. I'm actually encountering more and more of them as I do parasite research. Some people just say like, there's this one doctor, he says, if you're, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite and his approach is more like you want to be in balance with your parasites. And sometimes you become out of balance with parasites when you have heavy metals, when you have mold and other bigger pathogens, when you have histamine problems and leaky gut and food sensitivities and the path, then the parasite goes crazy and it becomes Mm -hmm. unruly. Um, and so like, even someone like him, I've heard other practitioners say just like once a year, do a very small parasite cleanse. Mm, Like it doesn't even have to be like some parasite cleanses are like super heavy duty. Um, you can, some people literally do like a full moon parasite cleanse, which is like three days before a full moon and three days Um, after. Now I'm not including that in your protocols. I would focus on the copper, stay focused, but that would just be like a side piece of information. Um, and something we could talk about in the future is like, what does a six day, you know, parasite cleanse look like if you're just like trying to do some maintenance or something like that. Okay. For that, sorry, as a last question, my, um, aunt was like, you should just take like diatomaceous earth or whatever. And just like Mm -hmm. drink that. I don't, is that like something that's normal for a parasite cleanse or is that not necessarily? Um, I I honestly haven't used it a ton, so I don't have a lot of clinical experience with it. Like, oh, that worked really well for a client or did nothing. Um, I definitely see a lot of good talk about it, but I would not just do it for a parasite cleanse. Okay. That's it's, it's more like a binder and a probiotic. It's like kind of has like different properties Mm -hmm. in it. Um, like in the, it's effects. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it used solo. It's usually used with other things. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Allison. I really appreciate this. It's so helpful. And I will get started on the like 10 protocols that I have. And filter out, filter out anything that you're like, I've already done that. You can talk to your other practitioner and show her what I recommended. And like, am I already doing this? You know, like you can get their opinion, but I just want you to have stuff. So you're, it's not vague. You're not like, what, what did you want me to do? So yeah, no, this is, it's really informative. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great. It was great talking with Regina and I hope everything goes well and maybe I'll get to see you and talk with you again in a couple months. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. 
And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you in there. Catch you guys next week.